This is the Tribe of Millionaires podcast from GoBundance. The tribe of healthy, wealthy, generous people who choose to live epic lives. Listen Tuesdays for featured guests and Fridays for GoBundance member spotlights. But listen always to hear how our guests have grabbed life big. Now, here's your host, Jamie Gruber. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm excited today. We've got a guy that I got to connect with recently out of Florida. He's a family man. He's a businessman. He's a traveling man. He's a renaissance man. Also a GoBundance brother of mine. John Huber, man. Welcome. Welcome. How's it going? It's going great, man. Can't, can't complain. I'm in Florida for the winter, so. That's a good point. I'm, there's snow out on the ground right now. So for me, yeah, not a great place to be up here in Michigan, but we'll, we'll have a nice spring, I hope. So let's go into the depths of you. Give me, start with your backstory. Are you from Florida? Like, like nobody is, or are you from somewhere else and migrated there? Give me kind of from there on. So I'm from New Jersey, uh, of course. Jersey, Jersey Shore, born and raised. Um, and yeah, I come actually come from a real estate family. Um, so, you know, mom got in it in 1984. I got sisters that are in it. Their sisters, my sister's husbands are involved. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's what we talked about the, at Thanksgiving dinners growing up. Um, so I was kind of born into it. Um, so I got my real estate license in 2004 as a, a young 20 something and, uh, it sold real estate till 2007, uh, just like everyone else did. And got out of it uh, when the market crashed. So I fell back on my degree, which is um, I got a computer science degree and worked in New York, moved to L.A., uh, worked out there for about five years um, and started. That's when I started investing. So I purchased out in L.A. and uh, but quickly priced out of the market there when the market rebounded in 2012. And now um, investing in South Florida. Uh, and I got to South Florida because that's where my family always vacationed. So I started picking up properties in Palm Beach County and eventually moved here. When was when did you start buying the properties in Florida? What year? 2015. Oh, wow. All right. So you've you and uh, so let's let's flash forward for a second. What is your portfolio like today? Still in L.A., Palm Beach or so where are you? I'm in four different states. So I'm still I still not selling anything in Los Angeles. Um, <laughs> and Still portfolio in South Florida. Um, I have 89 units. Um, I'm sorry, 95 units in uh, the Kansas City market. Um, I just closed on uh, 28 units in Charleston and um, putting another 19 under contract. Plus 19. And what's in LA? Uh, LA, I have one in LA and- Like a seven. single family kind of house? Is that what you're uh, Yeah. Okay. It, and then in Florida, I have um, a sixplex, a, a single, and I just closed on, I, I did a 1031 and I purchased uh, a pure Airbnb uh, in Deerfield Beach, Florida. And it's it's cooking right now. Um, I, yeah. I'm, I'm loving it. Yeah. Airbnb is it's funny. My business partner and I on a deal locally that I have a 16 unit property, we're just talking about our refi. And we think we're going to drag a couple hundred thousand out of it. And like, what do we do? Like, maybe we buy an Airbnb in Florida. Like as opposed to another multifamily, everyone's cash flowing like crazy on Airbnb right now. It's absolutely nuts. I mean, I got a I got a, a killer deal on this, um, and it's funny because I I paid forty k over asking, uh, and it's still a great deal. Yeah, and it's everything's everything's working out. I mean, it, it, it took a little bit to get it furnished and to get it ready, 
but I mean, it's got a pool, a hot tub, a tiki bar. I mean, it it's it is perfect. Um, I threw myself a 40th birthday party there because it's such an awesome space for uh, like entertaining. So it's, it's it has Airbnb all over it. Um, as two kitchens, it's got like an in-law suite. So oh, wow. yeah, it's 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 killer. I'm super pumped up about it. I, I'm booked. Uh, all of February just got booked. About to ask you, what does that look like? Like uh, right now, the Airbnb market is is absolutely hot. And we've had a couple Airbnb guests on and they talked in the same terms, like where you are, Florida, you know, yeah. the Gulf Coast, maybe, or, or, you know, in these sort of these uh, destinations, if you will. But are you having any, is there, are there, are there months without, with, with vacancy at all at this point? Everyone's, everyone's booked up, but well, also it's, I mean, it's pretty seasonal. I'm starting at the beginning of the season. The season down here is October to May. Everybody wants to be here from October to May. And I purchased it, you know just at the beginning of the season. So I don't know what that looks like, but from the people I know and the people that I've talked to, no one has any problems with the Airbnbs because this is the thing, right? There is this decentralization that's going on in America where people are realized, what do you mean? I don't have to live in Chicago to work in Chicago. Well, I'm just going to go to Florida for a month. And people are doing that. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, I did the same thing. Uh, you know, during yeah. COVID, right? So that's what's happening. So this is, as long as you're in one of these uh, touristy destinations where people want to go year round, you're not going to have any problems. Dude, I dropped 15 grand for the month of February on an Airbnb this past February uh, in Hollywood, Florida, uh, right on the beach, yeah. top floor, beautiful, three bed, three bath, gorgeous for a month. To your point, I didn't have to be anywhere. And now we're, we're getting ready as we record this right before Christmas time after Christmas to go to the Dominican for a few weeks. It was going to be five. My wife just modified it yesterday. Like, ah, let's just do three uh, before I head to park city. But, um, but you can, to your point, like the world has become that. Is that what you're finding? I'm kind of curious, like who's renting? Is it, is it local people looking for, you know, I don't know, a little staycation or is it, is it uh, medical professionals because you're near a hospital or is it vacationers from the north or is it everything? Like who's renting from you? I see families that are just like, you know what? We just want to get out or people that don't have really young kids that are stuck in school sure. um, or people that are even homeschooling. I'm finding like so. So I'm finding that these are um, young people that maybe just don't even have kids that are just like, you know, I want to be down in Florida. I don't want to be in Vermont. I don't want to. I mean this is a high concentrated area for people from the middle Atlantic States. Like it seems like everyone from, from this area in Florida is from either, you know, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, New Jersey, New York, uh, Connecticut. So there's a lot of people from those areas that are just like, I don't want to be there in the winter. So I'm coming down here. And I mean, they're working, there's does, you know, and a lot of the things that you need in these Airbnbs now are designated work areas because everybody's working remote now, you know Um, I can do whatever I do as long as there's an internet connection so everyone else is doing the same thing and they're just doing it from my place in Florida. So that's what I'm seeing a lot of young professionals that are just like, I don't want to be in the cold area. You know, I want to be able to just stop what I'm doing, go out, take a dip in the pool, come back, send a couple more emails and really have an enjoyable work-life balance because I, I lived in New York for five years and I did the, the grind and it is brutal, yeah. you know? So down here, it's just a different, uh, it's just a different way of life. Now, another thing that you're going to find of people that are buying Airbnbs down here, or people that are renting Airbnbs are people that are looking to move down here, sure. but they can't buy a property because the market's so hot. So sure. they'll, they'll, they'll move out of their place. They'll, they'll sell their property in the middle Atlantic States. They'll cash out. They'll get a, 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 a you know, 
a crap ton of money. And now they're down here just waiting to buy, but every property they're trying to buy, they're getting purchased or, or you know, out, outbidded on. So they're just like, well, I need to stay somewhere while, you know, before I purchase. Um, you know, there's, I, I hear that a lot. Yeah, no, I, I, I see that now. My wife and I, when I left my job, thought about, do we move to Austin? Do we move to Florida? But it's like, you know, yeah, we'll sell, we'll have, we have equity. But man, what you're paying for at this point, it's just, it's ridiculously expensive. So right now in those types of markets. So that makes sense. On the, It's funny, you mentioned the homeschooling. Like, I think that's a big piece of it. There's a lot of people in COVID that converted to homeschooling or alternative education like we did with Acton Academy, right? So uh, where it's valued to get experiences like that, like my kids get to explore the beach and, and you know, a different, a different community, different lifestyle, all of that stuff, which you couldn't do five years ago, right? It was like, nope, spring break, this, that, and the other. But Families are so much more movable now, even in that regard with school that and homeschooling uh, that that makes sense. Where in Florida right now, are there any markets that are still like you can afford it? Uh, there's an Airbnb potential for it. Like it hasn't blown up yet. Like, are there any little beach communities anywhere in Florida right now that are not red hot? I can't think of any. Um, I mean, it's it's just insane down here. I mean, there's some areas on the West Coast. Um, that I hear about Port Charlotte, uh, some areas outside of Sarasota, but but is anything on the Atlantic side, anything from as far down to Miami all the way up to Port St. Lucie, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, people people are overplaying, overpaying just to get it. I, like I just said, the one that I purchased in Deerfield, I had to go 40K above asking and remove every contingency just to have my you know offer even go for consideration. Um, so it's it's scorching red hot still um yeah. like the florida but, sun yeah go ahead i'm yeah. sorry yeah no and and uh you know there's some areas that you may be good like there's an area called stewart it's in between west palm and uh poor st lucie that might be one of the only areas yeah no i, I i'll have to take a look because we're looking <laughs> So I was a little bit selfish in asking that question. Like, hey, where should I look if I'm looking to buy an Airbnb property? Honestly, though, if, if I were you, I mean, I live in Boca Raton and there's actually a few GoBros around here. I yeah. mean, this this area is great. I mean, this is un, unreal when it comes to families. Um, I mean, even property appreciation. I mean, right. you can't go wrong anywhere here. Um, so, but you, you know, you have to think about what your needs are, right? You know, you want to think about the schools, it, but if you're doing the homeschool, you still want to think about the areas you want to think it's, it's also going to be an investment. I mean, we can go back and forth, whether your primary home's an investment or not, sure. but it's still something you're going to be dumping money into. And it's still going to be something that you're going to want to get a return out of whenever you decide to to sell. So that's you, something we can talk about. Later. No. And you're in a bunch of markets. So maybe this is a question. I, I'm sure you look at this Kansas city, Charleston, LA, South Florida, or Florida generally. Do you see any end? Is there any fundamental interest rates going up, whatever that marks uh, an end, uh, a quote unquote bubble, as we see, say right now, to your point, like, you know, it's the same in the crypto markets, right? Like, ah, buy, it's going to 250. Everybody's kind of convinced of that. Crypto is going to go up and up and up. Are housing prices, are we in the middle of the end of a cycle? I mean, and again, I know you don't have a, I say this to everybody, you don't have a crystal ball, but just your, your take, because I know where I stand. I'm curious where you stand on what is the, what is the future look like for the next five, 10 years from a valuation perspective in your, you know, with, with what you've looked at. So, so I'll say this, I'm a data guy and, you know, being a computer science guy, I'm a coder by nature. I look at data. I'm classically trained to look at data and define patterns in the pattern list. Like that's sure. that's what I'm really good at. 
And I'll say this. I don't see an end. Now, it's it's what I'm seeing, what I'm what I'm seeing is is like, you know, 2008, 2009 when everything crashed, that was that was more of a um um a US market crash. I think that things are going to be more um regional. Like I think the sure. the cold states, uh, I hate to say it, Michigan, no, Minnesota, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, Illinois, uh, Ohio. I think a lot of these places, people are leaving. Like you're seeing the population, you know, every major market in Ohio has a declining population except Columbus, right? Yeah. Cincinnati a little bit uh, is is kind of leveled off. But people are leaving these areas uh, because they realize that they don't have to live in these areas. They don't have like, don't get me wrong. Chicago is a gorgeous city. Awesome city. Yeah. Four months out of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So so but it's a great place to be. But I would never want to be in Chicago, December, January, February. So I mean, people are realizing that. So and then they're just moving to these areas. And the other thing is, is that there's a high tax rate in these areas. And people are realizing that, like, okay, so you're saying if someone's going to match my salary in Tennessee, Texas, Florida, where there's no state income tax, that's a 14 percent pay. So when I went from California to Florida, Mm. I got a 14 percent pay increase because I'm not paying California state income tax. Yeah. Like that's, and people are realizing this, you know? So that's why I think people are moving to these areas is the taxes, the weather. So when I, when I'm going to talk about not no end in sight, I'm talking about those specific markets. Sure. I think there's going to be a decline, decline in some markets, but as far as like Texas and Florida, Tennessee, you know, even the Carolinas and Georgia, all these places where people are moving, I don't see any end. I, I think the low interest rates help that sure. um, low inventory. And it's, it's, it's more transactional, right? Like in 2008, 2009, there was so much supply and not enough people to buy those homes because people were buying something and putting it back on the market and just kind of flipping it. And now you're seeing a lack of supply. Like people were just like, oh my God, there's something in the market. Like, you know, I went to, I went to an open house in my neighborhood very recently. And as soon as I walk in, the realtor's like, hey, just letting you know, we have two full price cash offers sight unseen. And I'm just like, I'm just the nosy neighbor. Like, I'm just, I just want to see how they laid their house out. And they're like, oh, do you want to sell? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you're missing the point. Like, I'm just, you know, but that's, that's the real estate market down here. That's, that's the reality of it. So people are just overpaying to get in. Um, So I don't see any end in, in, I think that this is the new norm. And also, I hate to say the buzzword of the year is inflation. You know, inflation is real. Hard assets are going up. You know, and and that's just that's just a part of the economics of it. You know, you're not any price that you pay in these hot areas of Florida, you'll never see those prices again. That's why I didn't care about overpaying forty thousand dollars on a property. Yeah. Because in two, three, five years from now, I'm not gonna care. Right, right. No, so, I completely agree. And the other, I mean, just just I don't know, you call it modern monetary theory or or whatever, but these the policies today. Print, print, print. It's not just us. Look, every country has printed more money in the last year of their currency than they've ever printed in the history of their country, right? Like no country is is like figuring this all out. I listen to Peter Schiff, Peter Schiff, the gold guy, right? Peter Schiff, is that his name? I think so. Um, and he talks about like, wow, if we're if we're not producing and we're spending, uh, we're a consumerist society, then at some point there's a reckoning because the other countries that are producing, it's like no country is no country has that balance struck, in my opinion. 
And uh, every country is printing money like crazy. No, no politician, no Fed chairman wants to be the one that pulls the lever that crashes it all down. So, yeah, we'll see interest rates pop up. But I believe that the moment there's pain, right back to zero, right? They're going to, you know, that's the lever they're going to pull and they're going to print and, you know, whatever it's going to be. I was just talking to a pod mate about, about this, like even, you know, the student debt bubble, the student debt, we'll print our way out of that. I believe like, you know, that's, there's just anything's on the table anymore. And who knows where the reckoning is? I'm sure there is one. I know there is one at some point, but I, I mean, I'm with you. I'm less a data guy, more a tea leaves guy. And my tea leaves are saying, I just don't, absent a black swan event, something unforeseen, which then we're all in trouble. I don't see how, especially the markets you're in, uh, are going anywhere but up at this point. So, right. And the thing is, people have money right now. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, I understand I, I'm not going to get into the politics of it, but COVID created a very binary environment, you know, binary, uh, binary one or zero. Like it was, it was like either if you were in um, the service industry, if you were in the entertainment industry or events, you had the you you had the worst year ever. If True. you were in real estate, e-commerce, or Insurance. one of these other, you had the best year yeah. ever. So yeah. that's what I mean by binary. It was completely po- polar. Is probably a better word for that. It was completely polarized. And then you have the government that needs to step in because people are hurting. People really need this help, you know. So, but the government can't pick and choose who they're going to help and who they're not going to help. So they just helped everybody. So you could have had the best year ever, and then you're getting even more money. Yeah. So 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 people are just, and then if you're in a middle Atlantic state where you've lived for the last 10 years and you have so much equity and the prices are going crazy, and then you can even cash out of that, which we're seeing a lot of coming down in Florida. So people are coming, because like, who has $700,000 just sitting in their bank account? Like some people do. Yeah. But so many people do like so many people are coming down with that kind of money, just ready to dump on a property. And and that's really what we're seeing. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that code, some people had their best year ever. Then they get government, some sort of government assistance because they can, and they probably should have, you know, and then they, they cash out in their home that they've, they've had for so many years. So they're just coming down and able to drop that kind of money. So that's another reason because there's a lot of cash buyers and that's why another reason why the prices keep going up because if you're dropping that kind of cash on something you're not going to have an appraisal isn't it and funny therefore that's the new comp yeah yeah that's a great point that's a great point you're driving up prices isn't it funny too you, you you're right and this is the value of being somebody who owns assets i mean you own a ton more than i do but you know the way that government assistance worked was based on your adjusted gross income Right. Like uh, top line for you, for me, for a lot of guys in abundance, like that number is big. You know, I, my yours is bigger than mine, but you get my point. Like your, your number is bigger than mine. Let me clarify that. Your number is bigger than mine. But uh, um, but bottom line, because of owning assets that you can depreciate and leverage bonus depreciation, and everything else like that. I, I got a check like I was I was like somebody making 80 grand or 60 grand. Right. It, it was it was a little bit like jarring. Like, what should I do with this? But what do you do? I'm like, send it back. I, it, we donated, like we gave money to, right. to charity. You know what I mean? Like we did something I think good with it, but, but it was, it was like for some, it was like an epiphany for me. Like, Oh no, I, I'm, I'm we're not going to get into this. I make too much, but then it's like, Oh wait, no, no, no. Because of the, the value of assets, the value of owning assets is that a, you hear about it, but let's, this is, this is the time when all of those factors really 
so my my appreciation goes up. That's one of the values of owning assets, real estate, right? We always hear that. Like in, in an inflationary environment, when people are feeling the crunch of milk and gas, the value of, of the hard assets that you and I and others own go up. So that's appreciation value, right? The tax benefits we just talked about, the adjusted gross income puts you in a pantheon of making people making much, much less. Um, so then you benefit from these programs I didn't even know I would benefit from, but then I'm I'm able to then you know contribute uh, in, in some way with that money. It's just, and then as, as prices go up, rents are going up, right? So, so yeah. rents are going up for, or as, uh, as we inflate rents are going up, which means the value of my asset is now going up even more. And my cash flow is going up against debt. That's, that's been in place for a few, you know what I mean? So yeah. it, it's, it just all boils down to what you said, overpaying by $40,000, not overpaying, paying 40,000 over asking on an asset in a market that's hot with no fundamentals indicating any downturn. And if there is one, there is one. I mean, if they, again, something happens, God forbid that creates it, then it creates it, but there's nothing fundamentally there. Like it wasn't 0708. That's like a bubble it, other than the prices are high. It's frothy. It's all of that stuff people talk about. So interesting. I yeah. love hearing the computer science angle. Go for it. Yeah. And also another thing is that the hedge against inflation that when you put debt on these properties, yeah. they, they just, they just quoted uh, the the inflation rate at what four point six. Is it that high? I didn't see that. Well, my interest rate is less than that, so right. <laughs> I'm being paid to yeah. own the asset. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't. Is it that high? Four point six yeah. is the inflation rate right now. That's what I saw. Insane. All right, let's let's pivot a little bit. Um, on the, I just want to real quick on the 28 units in Charleston, that is a, is that a JV? Are you syndicating? What does that look so like? That is, that is my very first syndication ever. Nice. Um, and that was a GoPod deal. Cool. So, Give me, what do you mean? GoPod okay. deal. So, all right, we're in GoBundance. We have pods. So it's, you know, four or five guys that get together and, you know, we go through the hard stuff, right? We go through our financials. We go through the vulnerabilities. We we're there for each other, and each one of us has a different skill set. And we were like, you know what? If we're going to be doing this intimate relationship, and we all have different skill sets that we can all contribute, let's do a deal together. So we syndicated a deal. Mm. Uh, so four of us, um, we closed with our own money, and uh, and then you know now we're doing the the friends and family race after sure. we closed. Yeah. Um, but it was it was an amazing deal. I mean, it's conservative. We were conservative and it still was a good deal. And now it's looking even better. Um, so just some quick numbers on that. Yeah. Um, it was 28 units. We can actually get a 29th unit out of it because they had an, uh, a leasing office, mm. which you don't on, need a leasing on office. A 28 20, unit? Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, that's, yeah. So that's going to be a studio now. Yeah. Um, the purchase price, uh, 2.675. Um, we are going to be on the loan for 2.1. Um, so we're going to raise some money, uh, through our friends and family. And, uh, it, it's the average rents on this mm. property were 720 and two beds, we, one bed studios. What are they? So they're all two ones, two ones. Yeah. Wow. They're all two ones. And 720 yeah. in Charleston. Yeah. So, uh, well, North Charleston, but the guy, the guy that owned it, owned it for 30 years, never raised oh, rents, wow. didn't really yeah. do much to it. You know, people have been there for 15 years paying the same rent. And, um, yeah, so we thought we were like, all right, we could probably get the rents up to 1100. And we're just like, wow, what a 720 to 1100. We're going to kill it. So we did our first turn, okay. 1150. Oh my God. We did our second turn, 1250. So we're looking better than expected. 
in rent increase. And that's just the first two units. And, you know, we're going to be turning these units over by, you know, attrition. So as someone moves out, so, you know, but, um, you know, we're thinking that now that there's new management, few people are just going to be, you know, I don't feel comfortable. So I'm going to find a new place to live. You know, I see that they're going in and renovating units. They're probably going to be increasing rent. I can't afford more than this. I'm just going to go out on my own. Um, so that's what we're seeing. Uh, we, we see the writing on the wall that there's going to be more people leaving, which is great for us. Yeah, sure. Tell yeah. me about structure on this. So there's four of you in it. How, how, what's, is it just 25 a piece uh, as far as the, 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 the share of the general partnership? Or did you split it in a different way? Did somebody find the deal? Did you bring equal money? Just kind of give me a, an overview okay. of what this looks um, like. One guy found the deal. Uh, we partnered with a guy locally there. Um, so we have a, a GoBro in Charleston. That's part of the deal. Um, on the GP side, we're all, you know, uh, 25% uh, on the GP side. Um, you know, we've all, we've all been putting work in um, different things here and there. We have a task list that like, Hey, this person's doing this. Hey, person, this person's doing this, this person's reaching out to property management. This person's reaching out to the lender. This person's doing docs. Um, and you know, we we're we're going to be implementing an EOS system, um, into our GoPod for that exact thing. Cause now we're looking to scale up. Um, we're all raising money. Um, a business. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, this is really what we're doing because it's, it's working out well, right? You know, we have a system in place and, and we're going to start refining that system and we're all go bros. So it's like, we all get it. We all are like, all right, we understand that this is what we need to do in order yeah. to really scale this thing. Amazing, man. That's incredible. And, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. And we did all bring in uh, equal money. Equal money. Yeah. I, I, I hear this more and more from different pods and my pod and I have been toying with this for a bit, like finding a deal together, doing something together. Well, a pod made of mine and I today were talking about splitting a metaverse share, uh, some sort of uh, digital land, like as we start to dive into that sandbox or whatever the hell it's called. You know, have yeah. you heard Have you? Are you in this space at all? Yeah, no, I'm not. And <laughs> I don't want to be. I know, there's listen, I just saw the thing. Gary V made $90 million in 90 days. I saw that. Too. You know, I didn't see what it was. Is that what it was about? Yeah, it was about NFT. Listen, I, I'm a tech guy. Yeah. I get it. I understand it. But this is the thing, right? I'm also a very real world type of guy. Like mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not a gamer. I don't do call of duty. I don't put the headset <laughs> on. I don't, I don't get into any of that because this is the thing, right? Whether you are in the metaverse or not, you're still going to have to pay rent and you're still going to have to store your equipment somewhere. And you're still, whether you lock yourself in your room and you may, let's just say you make all your money on NFTs. You make all your money in, in, in the metaverse. Like you have a job in the metaverse and you get paid in crypto. You're still going to be paying me rent because you're still locked in your room. Like, yeah. you know, I'm, I, I'm very much a reality type guy. Like I've never been a gamer. I've never gotten into that. And uh, I don't, I don't want to, and I don't want my kids to do that either. Cause I think there's something to be said about being able to just exist. Yeah. Being the, the yeah, exist, world, right? right. Yeah. Be in the real world, you know? Yeah. Makes sense. Interesting. Well, we'll see what happens, but that's yeah. the kind of stuff we're talking about. I've heard a lot of pods talk about buying mobile home parks together, buying a multifamily pod, uh, multifamily property together. So really, really cool that you're doing that. Let's pivot over to uh, a few questions from, uh, from maybe the kind of the one sheet. I'm going to touch on this, but we haven't talked family yet. And we led with you're a family man first. Yes. So what does the family look like? What, you know, give me a, an overview. Family man first. So, uh, whew. so I have a um, beautiful wife and two kids. So uh, it's, it's funny. The, uh, my, <laughs> so I was in New York and she was in LA and I moved to LA for a girl I met five times. Mm. 
So I'm, I, I am kind of an all in type of guy. Yeah. Um, so, but it worked out. So I, 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 she's the girl just to be clear. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah. She, I thought it was like another girl. And then you met her after you moved there, but no, she's no, the no, girl no. five she, times. She, she, she's the girl. Um, <laughs> so it, it, you know, it worked out. Yeah. And, uh, two kids later, I got a four-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy. Um, and they are, I mean, they're, they're awesome. I mean, they're, they're maniacs. They're just like me. So yeah. they're, 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 they're really great. And, and, you know, I'm still at that age where like, I can just take them wherever, like they're in daycare. So it's, they're not, they're not in that school system yet where it's like, no, 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 you can't, you can't take your kids out on a Thursday and Friday and go on a four day weekend, wherever you want. Um, which is great because during the pandemic, I mean, we traveled, so it's, you know, are you looking at options for them or no? Are you are you going traditional school and and just kind of putting them into kindergarten or whatever? Going to do traditional school because um, the school system that we're that where I live is ten out of ten on greatschools.org. Yeah. I mean, it's they just so I didn't know this when I moved here six years ago, but um, three years ago they or two years ago they they tore down the old school that was a K through five and they put in like a brand new high tech K through eight. Wow. And it's like top of the line, everything. And it's, you know, I, I hate that I have to say this in this day and age, but it's like super secure. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. locked down. I mean, we just had that happen here in Michigan, right? Not too, yeah. not too far from where I live. A unfortunate event like that. So yeah, I'm with you. But I mean, I, you know, I can, I'm going to get a golf cart and just drive them <laughs> to school. Cause apparently that's what everyone does in my neighborhood is buy golf carts and like just cart around. So I love it. I love it. You're like, you're like a retiree at 40. That's yeah. Awesome. Oh, it's so good. That's amazing. Um, all right, let's talk about um, uh, health. So, you know, what's your current body weight, body fat percentage? Let's go with that. So, I'm I'm extremely active. I've been, uh, I mean, I've been an athlete my whole life. I used to do the hardcore triathlons. Um, tone that down a little bit, uh, but I um, I've, I'm weights at like 190. I think I weighed at 192. Body fats uh, 12 or 13 at this point. Wow. Wow. Um, I mean, I'm. Yeah, I play. I, I still to this day I play basketball four days a week. I run two three days a week, and, and you know still hit weights. I mean, I'm I'm exercising every day. But I mean, basketball is my love. I mean, I I hoop a lot. That's funny, I play every Saturday. I'm five seven, so I just like stay outside and pass to other people. But yeah. uh, it's I don't like just running. You mentioned about running. Like for me, it's probably good for me to do to get out of my own head. But I just I I, I get. I get bored, I guess, in a yeah. way. So basketball is running with purpose to me. So I, I love playing basketball for that reason too. That's fun. R- running is when I get on my podcast time in. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. I could see that. I can hear myself breathing and I start like like hearing music in my breath. It's weird. So I just anyway. Uh what about diet? What is, what does your diet look like? Diet. Oh man, I just I I I feel like I I just got into juicing and I feel it's kind of like CrossFit. Like you just have to tell people that you just got into it. So uh, I've been juicing. Um, but I mean, I'm, you know, pre-lean, I, I, I stay away from the bad stuff. Um, but diet is pretty much, you know, low fat, low carb, high protein, um, you know, egg whites, every egg, egg whites every morning, uh, you know, but the, the too much coffee, too much coffee. We talked yeah. about that before. Yeah. That's funny. Um, all right. How about life happiness? What's your life happiness index at right now? What are you working on? So life, hap- life happiness index, I think I had it like a, a like a seven. Um, okay. I need help. And this is something that I worked on when I was out in Steamboat. And I got a, I got a lot of help on this. Um, so I would say when it comes to like my adventure style, like the, because uh, obviously the adventure stuff uh, is, is on there. I'm like at a 10. 
I mean, I'm, I travel a lot, probably, probably excessive. Um, but where I think that I, I really lack is um, authentic relationships. And I think I use my travel as an excuse. It's like, oh, I can't, ha- oh, I can't have dinner with you guys. Cause like, I'm in, you know, where, whatever country it's like, oh, you know, I'm busy as, you know, and I, and I, and I use that as an excuse. Um, you know, I have a lot of friends that like I'll scratch the surface with, uh, but really getting to that deep, vulnerable, you know, intimate relationship. I, I think that's where I lack. And it's it's funny because I was doing my one sheet at, at, in Steamboat and I said, like, this is one of the things that I struggle with. So there's me, three other GoBros, and we came up with this idea. So um, I have like my, I do my miracle morning, every, you know, every morning. And one of the things that I was doing in my journalism or my journalism, my journalism entries are um, when I... I'm going to pick three people every day that I'm going to reach out to, right? One's going to be a family member. One's going to be just a random person. And one's going to be a GoBro. So I'm going to reach out to these three people every day. And then I'm going to cross off. And then we actually had a monetary value for each person that I missed. Um, and I, I went perfect that month yeah, because you know, I had motivation. Yeah. Um, and I had another bet with another guy because he was trying to outsource his showings. And, you know, we both went perfect. Um so, yeah, I mean, it, it really, something like that really worked out because I saw the benefits that month, you know, people were hitting me back up and they're just like, Hey man, it's so great to hear from you. Like, so great to connect. Like, I know we don't talk every day, but you know, it's you know, just let you know, I'm thinking about you and just like seeing those kind of messages are, are really, really, really nice. And, uh, you know, sending those messages are really nice as well. So I think the creating authentic relationships is the thing that I need help with the most. Mm. Interesting. That's awesome. I love how you gamified it, though. You and somebody else holding each other accountable for two different things and some gamification around it. That's very cool. What about contribution? Where do you spend time or money? Uh, So so one of the things my wife and I are are helping out with um, is uh, she's very passionate about the uh, human trafficking. Mm. Um, So we give a lot uh, to those funds as well. Um, We uh, my sister has a a cancer foundation. uh, We used to dedicate a lot of time to. but uh, that's actually something that I really want to pick up on. Uh, and it was one of the things that I put on my one sheet is that I want to find a singular foundation that I'm passionate. I mean, I give to, uh, you know, One Life Fully Lived every time I'm at an event. Um, but I wanted to find another uh, charity that I feel really, really strongly about. Um, I think it's going to be something surrounded uh, with kids, uh, you know, kind of like a big brother, big sister type deal. Um so uh, that that's one of the things that I put on my one sheet as this is one of my goals for um, for the year. Um, no, I love that. That's great. I, that's that's yeah, I love that. It is it is hard to find that thing. I found a uh, I read a book from a guy uh, who and I'm not I, you know, I've never suffered with addiction, but his story was just so compelling to me that I found myself being passionate about his organization, his charity for helping people that are suffering with addiction, teenagers, all of that stuff. So uh, yeah, I know what you mean. It is it is nice to kind of latch on to something that means something to you as opposed to just, yeah, I'll help there. I'll help there. But, you know, of course, it's meaningful, but it's not like that passion play for you. Right. So no, I completely. Yeah. One of the things that my wife and I did talk about doing is um, going to like the Walmart, the uh, the layaway. Oh, programs yeah. And, and doing so. I think somebody mentioned that in, in the Facebook and I thought that was, a, that was you. Well, it was me from an Ascend guy. So Rich Tavish, oh, okay, yeah. Rich, if you're out there listening, Rich put that in the Ascend group. Like, hey, I go to the layaway at Walmart and I pay for somebody's, you know, yeah. buy now, pay, buy here, pay later, whatever they call it now. 
Uh, and I said, hey, guys, this is a great idea from Ascend. And a bunch of guys picked up on it. It looks like you did, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, yeah. I, I mean, me saying that me saying that that's what I'm doing kind of defeats the purpose of it. But I think that now yeah, I'm, I think it's good to create the awareness. That's that's um, what it does. Right. People listening right. are like, oh, that's a great idea. I yeah. Yeah, that's a great. It's such a simple, easy thing. And some guys it's funny. Some guys posted like, do you ask like for something where they where they're buying gifts for kids? And I'm like, I guess you could. But. Does it matter? You know, at the end of the day, like, you know, right. and a and, oh. hundred dollars, you know, a hundred dollars means something different to me than it does for somebody that needs yeah. to go on that program. So, um, yeah, I think that's, I think that was an awesome idea. Thank you yeah. for that. Rich. Yeah. Thank you. He's actually thank a Charleston area guy. So maybe you can hook up with him. He can help you out with some stuff down yeah, there. Yeah, that's probably great. Let's do the, uh, the, the, the wrap this up with the card game question from the GoBundance app. This is the three of diamonds. And the question is, if your five year old self suddenly or if your five-year-old self was suddenly found inhabiting your current body, what would your five-year-old self do first? If you're five years old in your current body, what would you do? What would your five-year-old self make this body do? <laughs> oh, wow. What would my five-year-old self make my current body do? Yeah, if you were, if you were just a five-year-old internally right now, what would, you, what would your five-year-old self be telling you to do? I would probably, because I'm an adult and I can drive, I would probably drive until my tank of gas ran out because when I was that young, I would wander off and just explore on my own. And, you know, I would, I would be gone. And like, if my parents didn't like keep an eye on me at all times, yeah. like there's this one time, like <laughs> I still remember as a kid, I just decided to just walk the streets of Baltimore. I, I took my dog. I had my diaper on. And oh I just God. walked the streets. And I remember, I still remember this cops coming up to me. They're like, where are your parents? Like yeah. some old ladies were trying to get me in with peanut butter and jelly sandwiches on their, on, on their stoops. And I was just literally walking the streets of Baltimore as a child. Oh my and I God. see the look on your face. Cause that's the same look that like, when, if I think about my kids doing that, but yeah, I was just gone and I wasn't crying or anything. I was having a great time, you know? Which is kind of what I do now. I wander, I travel, I just go off. Yeah, and it's it. also Baltimore. Like if it was New York City <laughs> this age, like when you and I grew up, I, you probably yeah. remember this, like Times Square, I didn't, you couldn't go there. Like that wow. was not a, exactly. my parents would tell me, I grew up in New York, so don't, don't go to Times Square. Like when you go on a field trip into the city yeah. or whatever. Um, and now, like, you know, Times Square is everything, right? So yeah. today, New York or Boston, sure. But like Detroit, Baltimore, <laughs> there's a half of those cities that are amazing. De Detroit yeah. here, amazing. Half of the city. But there's a half that's not amazing. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> so when I hear Baltimore, Baltimore. That scares yeah. me. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't tell you. But all I remember, I do remember taking my dog and just going. So that's what I would do if my five-year-old body inhabited this body. I would go explore somewhere that I'd never been. But it's pretty funny because that's what I'm doing today. Yeah, like doing COVID. Like I'm, I'm traveling. I'm going. I was in Turkey for five weeks. I was in Sweden for six weeks. Like yeah. I'm doing those things that my five year old wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know who you are. That's authentic to you. I love it, man. <laughs> Where can people learn more about you? What you're doing? Reach out. Whatever you want to share. A, a social media handle, a, a website, an email address. What would you like to share with folks? Uh, let's see. Social media would be John the Traveling Investor. Um, you can see some of my travels. You can see some of the things I'm investing on. Um, I have a TikTok as well. I just, oh. man, I had to do it. Yeah. So it's same handle, John, the traveling investor. Um, can reach out to me there. I'm on the, you know, I'm not, not so much on Facebook unless it's uh, with, with GoBundance, but uh, you know, yeah, feel free to reach out. You can find out what we're doing in, uh, with some of our syndications. If somebody wants to look at some of the sample deals that we have yeah. uh, that we've already closed on. Uh, but yeah. 
Love it, man. Love it. Thanks for being on here, brother. I, I appreciate the story. Just talking through even just the market dynamics, kind of geeking out on that was a lot of fun. So I appreciate you doing this. Absolutely, man. Well, that's it for this episode, but be sure you subscribe for future episodes. Give us a rating and review as well. It just helps us grow the podcast, grow the reach, and give as much value as we can to you on a week-to-week basis. Be sure to go over and check out GoBundance.com while you're at it. Check out Emerge if you're a future millionaire, our elite division if you're in that $1 to $5 million range, or our champion division at $5 million plus. Or on the women's side, GoBundance Women is available for all of you to join an amazing group of millionaire entrepreneurial women. And if you haven't already, jump on tribeofmillionaires.com and order the book that is the namesake of this podcast. And you'll learn all about what this whole GoBundance thing is, what masterminds are about, and the power of community, accountability, connection, and all of that as you pursue your goals. Thanks for listening again. We'll talk to you soon. 